Ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know until recently what a pangolin was, but now I wish I could return to that blissful ignorance. For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the sound it makes. And that's <laughs> Cue music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Whoa, we're going to have company! Loud noises! Hello! Hi there. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm Wayne Stellini. I'm a Fulvia Cantarmaggio. I'm a Michael Lister. And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hello. Yep. <clears throat> yes. I suppose so. Yes. I suppose so. <laughs> yes. We are definitely hosting this show that you are definitely listening to. No, yes. No supposeds here yeah. in this house. Um, Fulvia. Yeah. How is your week? My week has been all right. Uh, doing the same old thing, streaming, uh, playing my Animal Crossing and then doing uh, some extra Animal Crossing on Thursday because a new update dropped for the game and Ooh. it's all Halloween-y. Ooh. So it was a spoopy update for spoopy. me. Very spoopy. Uh, we get to grow pumpkins. We get to dress up like zombies and um, ghosts and... Right up your vampires. Alley. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> uh, my my character is dressed up like a witch with blue skin. Ooh. <laughs> of course. Very cute. Yeah. Um, it is your month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. It is. Um, and um, Rage quit Super Mario Sunshine on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> on please, stream, I was please. like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done with Sunshine. We're ending the stream. <laughs> You're not walking on Sunshine for you. No. <laughs> so there Whoa. is a recording of you absolutely cracking the shits. <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah. So now the public knows what you're like behind the scenes with us. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Fulia? Or the did world you tame knows it? what I'm like when I play games, okay? <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. Yeah, if exactly. It, if it frustrates me to the point where I am very close to throwing my pro controller across the room... That's my rage. Fuji rage is real. Oh, no. Loves it. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, (laughs) um, That, I suppose, was a frustrating highlight, but it was a highlight. (laughs) A low light, Uh, if you will. A low light, A very very dim light. Yes. (laughs) Um... Uh, I've been continuing on with my MASH marathon and also the Bond marathon. Um, I have now caught, I am now nine films in. Nine films in. Nine. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Where this week I had the opportunity to experience um, Diamonds Are Forever, uh, Live and Let Die, and the man with the golden gun. Ooh, man with the golden gun's one of my favorites. So damn good. <laughs> I have to say, out of all of the nine 
um, theme tunes for the movies, mm. Live and Let Die is the one that is stuck in my yeah, head. Boy. Yeah, boy. I love it. Love it. <laughs> it's great. Even before, even before even watching the movie, I've heard that song on radio before. So when Live and Let Die title came up for the next film that I was going to watch, I was like, there's that tune in my head right now. <laughs> Live and Let Die. Yeah. Goldfinger can suck it. <laughs> yeah. Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> So I really, so I enjoy Live and Let Die. <laughs> nice. And how yes. was Christopher Lee with his third nipple? Oh man! <laughs> Fulia, he's the Chandler Bing of the Bond universe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just whip that bad boy out for you. And the only Bond villain that I can cosplay because I do have a blue safari suit. <laughs> Man, when I saw his name in the in the credits in the titles, I was like, "Oh my goodness, he's gonna be young!" And sure enough, my goodness, I like you. You can kind of tell in his face that it is actually Christopher Lee, but it it it's like not from the one that I've grown up to know. Uh, so <laughs> yes, Saruman and Count, yes. and Count Dooku. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wait, he wasn't he wasn't born old. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, I have been enjoying the uh, the Bond films. Um, obviously, we, as as years continue, uh, the the um, the technology that they have to use for filming gets better. <laughs> Their fighting coordination, on the other hand, still a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's 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 been fun. So <laughs> that's. That's pretty much what I've been doing for this past week. How about yourself, Wayne? Yeah, look, I've been watching a lot of movies, really, <laughs> this, this week. Um, so last week I had a bit of a rough patch with movies. You know, they're, they're a bit average. Uh, this week has been a bit better. Uh, we'll be talking about some of those later on today. Um, so, yeah, like, to be honest, this week's been pretty, pretty chilled. Like, as more than you could imagine a week in, in isolation slash lockdown being but I don't, don't have a lot to report this week but it's just been nice and relaxing I've been watching some good stuff and been doing a bit of writing where I can and yeah like really it's been very much a, a lockdown isolation week this week where <laughs> I do not really have much more to report though but um but like I you know caught up with um with Phil, uh, digitally, of course. And, and that's always lovely. Um, my lovely co-host of Fred watch. So, you know, we've been talking movies recently as well, which has been good. So yeah, it's just all been about movies for me this past week. And I'm not really going to say much more because I said, we'll, I'll talk about some of them later on. <laughs> How about you, Michael? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same, uh, same old, same old, going to work, coming back, uh, coming back home, doing nothing. Um, can't really go anywhere at the, at this present time. Uh, been watching a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I've been trying to catch up on. Uh, some new stuff as well, which I actually watched this weekend. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, uh we did a, um, a trailer park like not too long ago about uh that documentary about the uh the um 
not the Comics Lounge. That's in the Melbourne. Comedy Store. Comedy the Comedy Store. Store. And yeah, that's uh, was released uh, at, uh, on Sunday. So I watched that. That was pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, uh, hopefully, that there'll be a bit more to it than that. Um, yeah, it's basically yeah, just basically where where the uh, where the store came from, how it got started, and how it was influenced. Uh, influencing um, American stand-up, based, uh, stand-up, and di- definitely different careers as well. So that yeah. that was that's an interesting thing. Uh, there's another one as well that um, uh, we we haven't talked about on on the podcast, but I'm actually quite interested in. Uh, it's called the. Uh, let me get this right. The the Good Lord Bird on. That mm. is being released on Stan uh, about about um, uh, John Brown, who is essentially uh, <laughs> essentially uh, ass kicked the Civil War, basically in America, uh, especially especially with uh, dealing with slavery and that that. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't really watched much um, Ethan Hawke stuff, but Ethan Hawke in this is fucking insane. <laughs> it is great. I'm actually really enjoying it, um, and I actually quite like it too. Too because the because I've been listening to the dollop, and they actually did like a three part dollop on on John Brown. So I sort of have uh, like. Sp- spark knowledge of what what actually happens uh during his life and it actually takes place like roughly in the middle of um the the second the second uh dollop episode so that's been that's been a lot of fun and yeah it's gonna be good so that's basically my week is just working getting tired and watching watching tv <laughs> and that's basically it uh yeah Nothing really to write home about. I uh, haven't really getting pissed off or anything on social media, so that, that's a good <laughs> that's a good change. But I did convince someone to actually ta- take down a pro- profile pic because because I say oh, I didn't know you're a white supremacist. As <laughs> you know, shame them into that. So that, that's a that was a good tick of good fortune on my on my on my behalf. Small victories, <laughs> hey. Yeah, the little keyboard warrior that I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, I mean, we could talk about politics, but that's the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> it's been a big week in politics. <laughs> there was there was a debate. There was a hospitalization. There was oh a lot God. of stuff in between. Look. <laughs> If you two want to go ham and have a little... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in the pop culture zeitgeist, so... I mean, I've, I, even I've been talking about it at work, and I hate talking politics, but it's highly amusing. <laughs> it uh, is. Oh, America. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Someone bless America. <laughs> America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Endlessly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Calm as a bitch. Oh, calm <laughs> as a bitch. <laughs> yes, she is. 
Yeah. What about you, Kendall? <laughs> what have you been talking about today? What or this week? This really? week. Um, yeah, similar to everybody else, not really a whole lot going on um, outside of the usual stuff, you know, still in lockdown. So, um, yeah, work, work is work, do that, come home, watch some TV, and then I go to bed, and I do it all again. Um, but I finished Stargate Atlantis last night. Yay! Hey. So it's done. I rolled a bit of sweet tear, and the end, <laughs> the end, was past its nigh. Um, and. <laughs> And they ended up in San Francisco, uh, which made me quite happy. Because like, that's like one of my favorite places ever. So that was nice. But um, yeah, no, really, really good. It wasn't like the best, best ending because the show got canceled. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of canceled. It's a bit more. It's There's a lot more to it than that, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, I did a whole deep dive onto the, you know, story behind it. But I, yeah, that's okay. That's for a future podcast I might do. um talk about my stargate obsession um yes but that was really really good to finish that so awesome uh and yeah and then another really really cool thing that happened yesterday or should i say saturday considering you know yesterday means nothing when you're listening to a podcast um my team won their elimination final in the afl st kilda thank you st kilda yes Yes, thank you. What, that was, it was what, great. What's that? What? A- AFL. What, what's an AFL? What's an AFL? <laughs> something, something a Victorian no longer sees in person. Um. <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought there was a pop, popular culture podcast known as Sporty's <laughs> Podcast. I mean, hey, we're hey. not allowed to talk. I mean, me and Wayne aren't allowed to talk about politics. Hey. We're going to talk hey. about sport. Hey, I gave <laughs> you This is her highlight week. How is the football? <laughs> Go sports team. I gave you permission, damn it. Anyway. Um... <laughs> and I knocked it back. Yes. Anyway. Like a baby throws its <laughs> toys out of its pram. Because that's the sort of guy I am. <laughs> Look, the only reason I bring it up is because, like I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's the first time we've made the finals in nearly a decade and... Mm. We're not we're not the best of teams, and we're finally having a good True. year. So I, you know, celebrating and managed to watch the second half of the game at home after work because I was at work when it started, and we nearly lost though, which which was stressful. <laughs> um, we had true a, to form. Uh, yeah, very very true to our form. Oh my god, celebrate! No yes, it's all good. And now we play Richmond next week, and who knows how that's going to turn out? But we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, Rich- those are the highlights Rich- of my week. Richmond. Richmond. Yes. Richmond. Richmond. Saint Kilda. These Saint- are place names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Very so weird. Observant. I was gonna say it's so weird to think like the uh, AFL Grand Final should have been last weekend. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Had the freaking uh, public holiday in my cal- like calendar app on my yeah. phone. Yeah. The like, Grand Final Friday. I'm like, oh, that's. Not a thing for another couple more weeks. Interesting. <laughs> it is strange. And it's just strange to think that there's, you know, the grand final is not going to be played in Melbourne for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, you know? It's funny how, like, there's always been talk about, oh, maybe it should be here or there or nighttime and rah, rah. Mm. And everyone's like, no, 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 because, you know, it's sacred <laughs> for Melbournians. Yes. Um, and now it's kind of like, well, pandemic, screw you, we're trialling it anyway. But there's yeah, no grand it's final really at all. Yeah, a choice. 
But it'd be nice to actually just watch a grand final with a crowd as opposed to just sound effects and stuff. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I agree. And I didn't even realise that they'd, you know, I mean, I guess because it's in Queensland and they don't really have COVID up there much but no. <laughs> anymore. Um, but there, yeah, there were people at the game when I was watching. I was like, oh, I didn't know they were allowed to do that yet. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, Everyone's so much more liberated than us Victorians at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we're close. We're close. We're close. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So all for a good cause. All for a good cause. Yes. If okay. it weren't for Dan... Don't get started. <laughs> God, listen, listen to us. We're 15 minutes in. This is already becoming a politics and sport podcast. Yeah. A very session. Melbourne podcast. Let's bring it back yes. to the pop culture, people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not talking Dan. about the, the plandemic. I stand with Dan. I stand, Dan. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, all right. That was, those were <laughs> the highlights of my week and our, our weeks, Jesus Christ. And for the people who don't, don't get irony, uh, I am joking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Mike. That's just Mike. for the stupid people out there. <laughs> who wouldn't be and listening people... to us anyway? You're all smart and beautiful. Well, yes. Yeah, if the people who actually understand my jokes, well, welcome. You can be my friend. <laughs> People who don't can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> they'll send their hate mail and then they'll fuck off. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. All right. To to uh, to Fred the Alien dot productions at gmail dot com. Hate mail. We look, we look hate forward mail. to hearing from you. <laughs> <laughs> Subject line: I hate Michael. <laughs> and it'll come straight to me. Yeah. <laughs> Or if okay. you want to, if you want to preview of Fulia's fan fiction, you can request it. But she does hold that quite close to her chest. But um, but you know, she loves her fans, so I'm sure, I'm sure she'll have some sort of preview. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what like ma- a newsletter or something. Yeah, we'll see what sort of fan mail comes in for for next week. Fulia, see if there's any requests for you. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, the joys of Skype. Um... Yes, fully raises an eyebrow, but yes. I but I but I still feel safe because of our social distancing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I told you, I stand Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I just like Dan because Let's he just gets all the into... Mel- Melbournians where they are. I'm Trifolia. I'm trying. Very <laughs> new. I can't, I can't shut the men up. Okay? <laughs> keep your don't don't Kendall. Keep your misandry to yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no one said this was a woke podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's time at last for the nerdy news. Let's get into it. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty, nerdy news time. And this week we have to start off by being sad for a little bit and saying farewell to one of Australia's greatest musical icons, 
the legendary Helen Reddy passed away this week at the age of 78. Um, of course, everybody knows Helen for her anthem of a song, I Am Woman, um, which also won her her first Grammy. She was the first Australian artist, not only to top the charts in the US, um, but to win a Grammy Award for that song, which is insanely impressive. Um, the song, of course, was a huge anthem for, for women's lib in the 70s, um, an important song that will never be forgotten. And same as Helen will never be forgotten either. Her legacy will live on for many generations to come. So she's definitely, definitely going to be missed. And we thank her for her amazing work over her lifetime. Uh, moving into other news now, we've got some Marvel news, some interesting things happening in the MCU this week. Uh for some reason, Jamie Foxx's Electro is going to be joining the MCU, appearing in Spider-Man 3. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this because uh, for, for those playing at home, Jamie Foxx's Electro was in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, colon, Rise of Electro, uh, back in 2012. Um, film was not the greatest. It had some good stuff in it, of course, but... Uh, it wasn't it wasn't what everyone hoped for, and it kind of sadly killed Andrew Garfield's chances of joining the MCU ever. Um, but you know there were good stuff in it. Unfortunately for my money, Electro wasn't one of them. I didn't really care much for his character, and f neither for Jamie Foxx's portrayal either. Despite the fact that I think he's an incredible actor. I mean, he's an Oscar winner for one. Um, but. This is the MCU, this is Spider-Man 3, the sequel to Far From Home, and I think things are going to be a lot different this time around. Um, theories online appear to be suggesting that this is pretty much uh, confirming that the MCU is going to do Sinister Six, because uh, they have introduced a bunch of other villains that have been part of that lineup over the years in the comics, so that looks pretty likely to happen. Also potentially means that uh, we're getting either a Spider-Verse happening in the MCU or a multiverse of some kind. I mean, we know Doctor Strange is going to be delving into the multiverse in his film uh, coming soon. So yeah, lots of theories, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm really hopeful, I suppose, optimistic to see that uh, Jamie Foxx can redeem himself as a lecturer this time around. Um, so we'll see how that goes when that eventually comes out. Uh, we've got casting news for the Ms. Marvel TV series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Iman Vellani has been cast as Kamala Khan. Uh, very, very exciting, especially because she this is going to be her first acting role. She's not done anything. Um, complete and utter unknown, and I say hell yes to that because, you know, someone as important as her character is in the comics and in the pop culture world, I mean, to have a face we don't know and is just, I think it's always a, always such a good decision, especially the MCU have done a great job with their casting. Pretty much every film has been perfectly cast. Um, hard to argue, I think. Uh, with that, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she can do and bring to the character when that series airs in a year or so from now. Very exciting stuff. Uh, less exciting news, and we've got another release date shuffle, uh, and it is No Time to Die this time around. 
which was, you know, famously the first film that moved out of the way because of COVID. Now it is moving again uh, from its second release date to its third, from the 20th of November this year. It will now be premiering basically a year after its original release date, uh, which is now the 2nd of April 2021. So, yes, a little bit more time to wait Fulia, you've got a lot more time now to watch all those Bond movies. <laughs> <laughs> I planned this so that I could see it specifically yeah. <laughs> as soon as I was done and now I still have to wait another five, six months. Yeah. Damn it. It sucks. No. Well, you're watching, three right. a, you're watching three a week. You can still spread them out. You can still do it. True. And then watch but... some documentaries if you want. There's lots of documentaries. <laughs> You can the watch spin-offs. the comedy, yeah, the spin-off. You can watch you can Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. You can watch the original Casino Royale, which was a yeah. comedy. That was a Bond yeah. film. Yeah, With three Bonds, I think, was. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, send me a list. I'll watch them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, the original Casino is actually on stand as well, so. Yeah. Yes. And yes. hot tip, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing about it is Dusty Springfield's song at the beginning. That's it. Okay. Okay. Not, not, not the, not the, not the best news to hear that. But fully, <laughs> have a great time. <laughs> have a great time. Uh, you've got heaps more time. Okay. <laughs> and then you can, and then you can watch all of Austin Powers, and you can watch, <laughs> watch uh, Na- Naked Gun, maybe as well. Yeah. Johnny English. Johnny English. Johnny English. <laughs> all three. All of the three? spy movies. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Kingsman again. <laughs> again, yeah. Again, oh, what's that Liam Neeson one? Spy Hard. You gotta be watching that one. I don't remember like, that film. With uh, Leslie yeah, Nielsen. It was like at the. Um, it's after uh, Naked Gun. Yeah, so it's Leslie oh. Nielsen. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You said, sorry, sorry, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. What did I say? You said Liam, and I got confused. <laughs> Liam Neeson, yeah. Yes, yes. Like Taken, Liam you got you to watch okay. ta- Taken. Spy Hard isn't that great either. <laughs> Just take heads up. Except, except uh, same same thing. Uh, the intro music is also awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, so as Fulia compiles her list, um, sorry, Kendall, you can continue. I will continue. <laughs> Moving on with the rest of the news. Okay. Sorry for so, the offcut. <laughs> All right. Uh, Disney announced this week that um, there is a Lion King 2 happening, a sequel to 2019's almost shot for shot CGI remake headed by John Favreau. Um, that was very hit and miss with a lot of people, but looked amazing. Um, but the cool thing about this sequel is that it has tapped Moonlight director Barry Jenkins uh, to helm this one, which I think is a fantastic choice. Um, he's a very, very talented filmmaker, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what fresh perspective um, and what kind of uh, insights and gravitas maybe he can bring to the story. Uh, for those wondering, it is not going to be a shot-for-shot remake of Simba's Pride, sadly. <laughs> Uh, even though I, even though I, I'm a defender of that film, um, a lot of so the, that's my wife actually. Yeah, it's it's good. It's like a, it's nowhere near as good as The Lion King, obviously. Oh but, no! But it's 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 as far as sequels go, you know, 
they it's basically sweet. yeah instead of doing hamlet they did romeo and juliet so it's still shakespearean it's fine and we don't um, talk about the third lion king movie no 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 and what about timon and pumba the the <laughs> 1.5 yeah that's, that's a good one, one isn't it oh, that was that's the one i mean that's horrible yeah Oh, yeah. is that the third one? That's the yeah. actual yeah. third one. Nah. I oh. enjoyed it. It, it was fun. <laughs> no, it is actually one of the most offensive movies I have <gasps> ever seen. Oh, come on. It absolutely is one of the most offensive movies I have ever seen. Oh, my God. Yeah. You are such a snowflake. I no, didn't know this. I am not a snowflake. A, thank you very much. Oh, my it, God. This is such a woke podcast. One of the greatest moments in cinema history in the realms of animation and reduces it to a flatulence gag. It is offensive. Kendall, please continue. <laughs> Just I will. come thank out you. and say you don't like flatulence. Pumbaa can't help his bodily functions. I can't believe you are defending one of the worst sequels ever made. <laughs> and I've it's sat through wor- the MCU, so that says a lot. Oi. It's, it's, even wor- it's even worse, Wayne, because it. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what I'm defending. Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, Wayne. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Wayne. No. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> In horror movie news, uh, Zac Efron has been cast as Andy McGee in uh, the new ap- adaptation of Firestarter, a uh, very famous Stephen King novel and prodigy song that Mike is dancing to in his head over Skype, I'm sure, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Firestarter. <laughs> May you rest in peace. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, very cool casting um, to see to see him appearing in, you know, and I guess, well, I mean, this is a Blumhouse horror film as well. So I'm very, mm. very happy about them being on board producing this one. And, you know, I mean, we don't know if it's going to turn out any good considering the trend of Stephen King remakes in the last few years. A few of them have been amazing and some of them not so much. So, um, yeah, I've got high hopes for this one. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Andy McGee is obviously the, the father of the, the fire starter in question um, in the novel. Drew Barrymore. And in the, yes, Drew Barrymore film from 1982. Char- yes. Charlie McGee. Charlie McGee, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Can't wait to check that out. Um, okay, in TV news, we have a couple of Netflix-related things to mention. The first of which I am so freaking excited about. I'm jumping up and down. Um, Cobra Kai has been renewed for season four, even before season three is premiered, which is just... Mwah. Yay. Yes, beautiful news. Um, and they also announced a premiere for season three. It's going to be bowing on Netflix on the 8th of January. 2021 so we're starting off the new year right with Absolutely. Cobra Kai mm-hmm. if people listening have not seen this show yet they need to do themselves a huge favor and get the hell on it because Wayne it's the best thing you've ever introduced me to I'd say oh it's, thank you yeah yeah it's so great <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah, it's, I need to catch up yeah it's so it's so good God. um yeah it, I mean I don't even think well I don't even think you probably don't have to be a 
uh, a big fan of the original Karate Kid uh, or having seen it beforehand, but obviously the prior knowledge helps going in and definitely yeah. enhances the experience for sure. But just as a series on its own, it, it's, it stands on its own legs quite nicely. Absolutely. Um, I have seen the fir- first season. And yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was exactly the same. Amazing. Like, I was only aware of a Karate Kid. I didn't really was okay. brought up on on those, so I I got reasonable, reasonable um not prior knowledge to that. But it's still standing. Yeah, as you said, it's still standing up by itself. I'm just a bit pissed because there's no Dark Crystal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was last yeah. week's news. Last week's yes, news. yes, yes. Still, it still sucks. But we shall move on. We have Cobra Kai. Yes, we do. um okay and lastly in the news this week um netflix also announced a conan the barbarian live action series um that is going to be a complete reboot of the franchise obviously most famous for having uh given arnold schwarzenegger to the world of cinema um back in 1982 um and yeah and then jason momoa was in a attempted reboot that did not go very well, sadly, back in 2011. But this is this is exciting to see um, Netflix take a chance on this, probably to do with the success of The Witcher, maybe. I don't know, because Conan kind of feels sort of in the adjacent vein of fantasy and, and big, big tough guys with swords. So um, <laughs> it could be it could be good. Hopefully it will be very good. But yeah, no, no casting, no uh, release dates or anything for that yet. So stay tuned for that in the future. All right. That's the nerdy news this week. Guys, Fulia, what would you like to touch on? I'm just really peeved about the <laughs> about the Bond date change. Because <laughs> that was the one thing I was looking forward to that I was watching the Bond films in the lead up to. And now I'm just going to have to wait. And I am just really bummed because I was preparing myself for it. <laughs> Well, if there's one thing, what? if there's one thing, 2020 has taught us, it's not to plan anything. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, but I was, I was hoping, I was hoping because it was like the end is like towards the end of November. It was like perfect, perfect timing at least for us. That by then, hopefully, we could still go to the cinema to see it. Yeah, yeah. true. But true. now they're just like, nope. If we can't have it, neither can you. So. <laughs> Uh, it sucks it sucks yeah you're right it's it's frustrating yeah so at least now i can maybe watch one a week instead of three <laughs> <laughs> but make make them by bi- bi-weekly bi-monthly mm. yeah affairs and then add in the extras that you guys mentioned before <laughs> yes that's big list <laughs> uh not that i haven't seen some of them already but you know um well you could watch fine. um I was actually thinking about it. You could watch Indiana Jones as well because... Um, I've seen Indiana could, Jones. Yeah, but, and that's uh, that was loosely inspired by uh, the Bond films. Ah, so, okay, cool. Yeah. Re- reason why um, Sean Connery was uh, Indiana Jones' dad. So. Ah, interesting. Yeah, dream casting for that. Even though, <laughs> even though Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are like 15 years apart. So. Yeah. <laughs> But a bit of makeup can sort that out. It's fine. fine. Holly, the magic of Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know why there's going to be a Lion King two remake, uh, like edition of the live actions. Like the first one was enough. 
Why do we need to number two? Because it's easier to film, especially during COVID. <sighs> Very true, actually. Yeah. yeah, I know, but... It's not that it's right. It's because it's easy. And but Disney want to make that money. They don't need number two. Number one was enough. It was torture no. enough. Yeah, number one was a number two. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're the only two for me that really stood out. How about yourself, Wayne? Um, yep, so uh, sad to hear about Helen Reddy's passing. Has one of the best songs of its era <laughs> under yeah. her belt. So that's that's a wonderful legacy unto itself. Uh, yeah, this year Stan released a biopic about her called I Am Woman. I actually didn't get a chance to watch that. I was planning on watching that this week, but um, didn't get a chance to. But I might up that on top of my list just to sort of learn a bit more about Helen Reddy's life and 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 um, appreciate her legacy a little bit more. Um, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Now I'm going to don't shoot me, y'all. Right? Don't shoot me. <laughs> but I will cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked the movie. <laughs> right? I, I won't. I, I won't shoot you. For I, that. I actually liked the movie. I wasn't. Um, I didn't think it was as good as the first one, but I did like it. Yeah. I, look, it probably helps that I absolutely love Andrew Garfield as a Spider-Man. I think he's just magnificent and love him as a screen presence. Um, in saying that, I'm not particularly a fan of his casting in the MCU because I think they're two separate entities. The, you know, the um, Andrew Garfield films and the Tom Holland films. And so I think when you've cast, when you do the casting of, um, of one actor as the same character in both, I just, you know, you can't help but bring a legacy over and I'm just not, not a fan of it. Um, but look, you know, it's not really for me to say, is it? But I, but I don't know. I just, that's the only thing that I don't, don't like about it. I didn't particularly mind Jamie Foxx's portrayal. I think, Sometimes actors can only do the best they can do with the material they're given. Well, that's true. And um, in superhero movies, villains are very hit and miss. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and the villain is, I think, probably one of the more key components of making a film work. And and I guess for a lot of people, it just didn't work in that particular film. So, yeah, um, I'm not particularly a fan of him reprising his role, even if it's a different interpretation. Because it's a totally different franchise, in in my opinion. Mm. So yeah. Well, see, that's that's why yeah, that's why I'm, uh, there's people talking that they're you know multiverse. Yeah. Like this, those films and this film like might be connecting. I mean, like you know, for, at the end of Far From Home, when J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson rocked up, you know, we yeah. haven't seen him since Spider Spider Man Three from two thousand seven. So that is there's true. There's a connection as well. That but is I true. I see. I can totally understand why you'd have your reservations about it for sure. Cause yeah. It's like, well, those are like why? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That yeah. is true. But mind you, I, I do have to say, um, J.K. Simmons. I don't want anyone else playing that character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm sorry. I know I'm just Absolutely, being. I'm contradicting yeah. myself completely. No, no, no you're like, allowed to in this case. Special circumstance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is this is the contradict uh, podcast. Of yeah, it must be. It must be. <laughs> um, also, look, Lion King two again. Unpopular opinion. I actually didn't mind the remake. And I think this one's going to be better in, t- in not better than the than the remake, but I think better for being an original story. 
Um, And I think that this way there won't be the the criticisms of just carbon copying. And that way, if the movie's horrible, then clearly people just don't want CG. (laughs) Lion King and and, and full stop. But I don't think people are going to go into this with such high expectations if they were disappointed with that other remake. Um, Because that remake was never never going to to equal the original like input that original is just absolute magic um so you know effects are irrelevant i think when you've just got something held in such high esteem you're always sort of going to lose but i don't know i feel like expectations won't be that high for a lion king too because a lot of people will be like why <laughs> like why but you know when you go to the box office and make a billion dollars on a film it's going to have a sequel people like yeah. you know yeah. You know, if, if, if at all possible, there's going to be a sequel. Um, I do have to say, I, I find the casting of Zac Efron as Andy McGee quite interesting. I know that Andy McGee is is a young father, but I don't know. I probably just still picture Zac Efron as like 21 or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's just got this beautiful eternal youth about him, uh, I suppose. So that'll be interesting. Um, I haven't read the uh, novel that it's based on, but I have seen the the film uh, starring Drew Barrymore um, and Heather Locklear makes an appearance in that as well. And Ooh. Um, yeah, that was a movie that I remember seeing as a kid and it absolutely terrified me, (laughs) absolutely scared me. Um, and I watched it a few years ago, several years ago again. Um, I, look, I have to say it's not the best, um, of, of, of the Stephen King movies. And that's probably just based on the source material. So I'm actually hoping that a new interpretation of it, especially if it's set contemporarily might actually give it some kick. There's just something about, I don't know, about just having rewatched, again, this was years ago, but having rewatched that movie, it was like, okay, it's good. It's a good movie, but it's not a great movie. And I just Mm. wonder if maybe a a modern lens might elevate it a little bit. So I'm looking forward to the remake of Firestar. I'm actually quite excited about it, um, to be perfectly honest. I think, I hope that they do with Firestarter what they had done with it was just improve on Mm. the original. Um, so looking forward to that. And look, finally, I don't need to say how I feel about Cobra Kai. I'm just like, I can wait till January. I'm happy to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to wait. I'm glad that they've commissioned a season four. All I ask Netflix is that if you are, whatever you're backing on this, whatever you're doing with it, just make sure it ends nice and clean. And yeah. I feel like I want Cobra Kai to last about five seasons, maybe six, but no more. It's too perfect. Yeah. Let's not let's not outstay our welcome, people. Yeah, no, um, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if at all possible, I want Elizabeth Shue in it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> They're well, teasing it. It has to be. It has to be. I know. It I has know. to be. And if she's in it, don't you dare reveal it in a trailer or anything. I don't want to know. Yes. <laughs> Do not want to know. Um, yes. But yeah, but a mixed bag of news and news this week. But some really nice highlights for me. I think some really nice highlights. How about you, Mike? Yes, well, Helen really, um, uh, rest in peace, Western power, women's power, and all of that, uh, was introduced to her uh, by um, Pete's Dragon, if we, if anyone remembers that movie. Mm. Yeah, because she, she was in that. Oh. And she plays Nora. Like the original, not the, not the remake yeah. that I haven't seen, and I don't want to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just knew her from that as a kid, and and I remember that movie, and it 
yeah, it's one of those movies that uh, I remember as a kid, and yeah, it still holds up. I mean, it's a good little bit of fun. <laughs> back when, back when all you had was you couldn't have a CGI um, dragon, you had a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, a big thing going for it, and and yeah, and when when she did a cameo of the um, the Family Guy Star Wars episode was a bit of fun as well. When they were calling out the uh, red leaders, uh, it's like, yes, uh, Helen Reddy standing by, right? Helen, and that was her, her yeah, voice. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah big red, uh, red fox. Yeah, <laughs> red fox standing by. <laughs> red October standing by. Yeah. <laughs> Simply red standing by, and all that. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was that was Helen great. Reddy standing by. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, she'll be missed by, by people and, and such a such a big mammoth bottle of, what is it, just, just talent. You know, Australian mm. talent. We need more of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, now Jamie Foxx's Electro. Um, I don't particularly mind. I think Sony, Sony crossover with Marvel crossover universe. I don't particularly mind that if that's the Spider-Man sort of thing mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're going to have. And it would be pretty cool because, they, as we said, they got J.K. Simmons doing doing uh, J. Jamer Jameson. Is like, why not have Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx doing Electro? Because, because I've been hearing that they're trying to get Spider-Man 3 to be like either like... Uh, a Sinister Six sort of movie, which which they've sort of are uh, setting up, setting up because you got Vulture, you got uh, you got Electro coming in, and you got you got uh, Scorpion, hopefully yeah. a Doc Ock, maybe. Yeah, uh, Sh- Shocker as well. Shocker as well, yeah, um, and uh, Morbius maybe? Question mark. Mm. So, and we still got Morbius to come in, and and maybe Mysterio in some form. Who knows? Yeah, is he dead? Is he really, or is, is he, he mysterious? <laughs> Who knows? Jake Gyllenhaal, come back, come back. Yeah, uh, always. That, <laughs> There's yes. always time who, for Jake Gyllenhaal who, in my book. Yes, yeah, exactly. And who knows, Wayne? May, maybe Garfield may be coming back as as an alternative Spider-Man if they're going going down that spot Spider. Spider route. If they Universe if, spider route. if they do and make it that sort of multivirus, I I will just be like, bring it on. Kendall, you might get me in a cinema to watch an MCU movie. <laughs> <laughs> you might actually well, get me in there. Yes. You'll come reckon, to a midnight screening with me. Yes. <laughs> I reckon okay, we're that, not gonna go that far. I reckon they're sort of built <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they're sort of building up to that because I think because there was like word that um, Tom Holland and all that were doing like a brief cameo in the Spider Verse uh, animated movie, mm. and Such so maybe they're just saving all their saving all their hens to hatch in in this big one. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And then and, and then, then after Toby that they'll, they'll kill off Tom Holland and and <laughs> and then we have Gwen, Gwen Stacy and and Miles Morales. To lead the charge in Spider-Man's. <laughs> Who knows? Theories, theories. Mm. So many theories. 
Well, this is the theory podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> so versatile. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, what else is there? Now, Firestarter is a Stephen King novel that I have not seen or read. So this is... It's another thing that I need to chuck on my list of things to do. Listen, read read the book, read, uh, watch the movie, and yeah. I only know vaguely about Firestarter. I think it was... I think... No, I haven't seen it. No, I won't speculate. Because I know, Wayne, you've seen it, and mm. you probably tell me I'm wrong, and I don't like being called wrong. Um, but it happens so often, Michael. No, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> See, there um, you go again. <laughs> What? Nothing, keep going. Calling you wrong? No, no, you're okay. I know I'm okay. I know you're okay. Yeah, I'm awesome. Oh, you are. Fig Jam. You are. You know Fig Jam? No. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is the podcast that refuses to behave, but... <laughs> I know girl. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, keep your misogyny to yourself, thank you very much. <laughs> What are you talking about, Miss? I'm not a massage. I'm not. I'm not a massage. I'm not a massage. I'm a white knight. I'm a. I'm a feminist. <laughs> Isn't your mum a? <laughs> My dad's a big. Ah, oh, has anyone seen um, uh, Fly the Concords, where Jamie said my dad's a big feminist? It's like, what about your mum? Ah, uh, dad wouldn't allow that. <laughs> I love funny. that line. Yeah. Cobra Kai, another thing that I need to watch. God dang it. Nah, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I need to rewatch the first one because I can't really remember. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's basically it. Uh, what about you, Kendall? What, are you, <laughs> yes. Are, are, you, are you ready for, Helen, ready for Jamie's time to die, King? <laughs> Zach Efron, Cobra Kai, Conan, Conan, Conan the Librarian. <laughs> yes, yes to all of the above. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. As long yes. as we're on the same page. We're on the same page. All right. That was nice. nerdy news for this week, which means it's now time to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Okay, trailer park time. Three trailers to talk about today, and we're going to start with the first trailer for The Witches. Oh my god. Um I am I am very excited about this. I really hope it's good because this is uh this is my favorite Roald Dahl book, The Witches. I read it religiously growing up um well in primary school anyway um yeah just absolutely love it adore it and then the the 1990 film starring angelica houston as the grand high which boy does anne hathaway have shoes to fill (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but she looks like uh she's doing it and uh somehow being inspired by Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> yeah. You guys all thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The male. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I'm or, half or, expecting that, you know, the 
like the I don't know the big setup into the third act of the film is going to be her face like unlocking and like just opening up like yeah yeah revealing it's going to be there's going to be a reason for those those lovely scars on her face but she looks beautiful otherwise because it's Anne Hathaway duh um and Octavia Spencer is just a bundle of joy and I adore her in everything she does um yeah it it looks really really good I mean it, it I guess it showed I don't know if it's, I don't know if say it showed a lot, but um, I mean, I think it's okay in this case because it's, you know, this is a, a remake of a beloved children's novel and a, you know, a film that was, you know, appreciated by many back in the day. And um, so a lot of people are familiar with the source material. So I suppose, you know, you don't have to, you know, they didn't show everything, but they did show, you know, they did show quite a, quite a little bit, I suppose. I would have preferred maybe less of the reveal of, what the Grand High Witch kind of looks like. Like, the fact that they showed her, like, basically levitating was kind of... I'm like, we don't need to see that yet. We don't need to see glimpses of her true form just yet. You save that for the film, I think. That's probably the only problem I had with this trailer, is just they maybe showed slightly too much. Um, but but other than that, I think it looks really, really good. I mean, it's a Robert, Robert Zemeckis film. Hello. It's it's going to be... It's going to be very enjoyable, regardless, um, from a script written by Guillermo del Toro, my man, like, yeah, so I'm, I was in when they announced this and I'm still in and I cannot wait. Fulia, what did you make of this? I am really looking forward to this. I've watched the, uh, the film that you mentioned, uh, and I, I believe I read the book when I was in primary school. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I do have some recollection of actually reading it. Um, uh, this story is kind of scary for kids, but Mm. you know what? It's still fun to watch. (laughs) It's still really cool. Um, and when I saw, uh, Anne Hathaway as the, the grand high, Witch, I was like, wow. And you know what? When I first saw like a thumbnail with her in the front with the blonde wig, she kind of looked like Lady Gaga from a from a particular <laughs> a angle. Bit, I'm looking yeah. at her. I'm like, I couldn't like, even though I knew it said Anne Hathaway. I'm like, I swear that looks like Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she would make a cool grand eye. Oh mm. yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the trailer. Uh, I love the fact that they're they've got a, they're using a sort of different um, different actors for the for the main role of the child and the grandmother, I think it is, mm. that yes. Octavia Spencer's playing. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness, Octavia Spencer, man, I love her. She's mm. so cool. Um, so I'm glad that they've got her in this particular film as well. The uh, I think it's Chris Rock narrating. Yeah. 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 That was really cool. I heard his voice. I'm like, wait, this is about a kid. He He's not gonna be an adult is he and then when they kept going i'm like okay no that's fine <laughs> well i'm pretty sure it wasn't wasn't the the original film also narrated by the adult version of the, it's been a long time kid. so i don't yeah. remember <laughs> no i know don't worry i i yeah it has been a while since i've watched it but yeah i think that's what it was anyway continue, yeah. my dear. but it was it was really lovely to hear you know a different famous voice and you know i haven't heard from chris rock in a long time uh, so it was nice to hear his voice narrating. Um, but yeah, I'm very interested to know about the scars. Like, cause in the, in the f- original film, you see that 
they reveal themselves by pulling the masks off from the back. Mm. Like yeah. they pull off the skin from the back of their head. Oh. So not sure what's going to happen with this. Yeah, maybe, yeah, you're onto something. Yeah, so, but the fact of the matter is they still take off, they still take off their wigs. Um, so they're obviously bold, um, yeah. like in the original. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> How about yourself, Wayne? What do you think of the trailer? Yeah, look, I'm a, a fan of the witch's story. It was uh, read to me in primary school, and I've seen the film version a few times. Uh, I really like the film. I can't say it's one that I love, love, but I, I do I do like it. Like, I, I if it's on TV, I'll, I'll, I'll always watch it. I'm, I'm always happy to put it on. It is... It is. It's a scary movie, I think, though, for little ones. Yeah. <laughs> to be oh, yeah. perfectly honest, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, this, you know, a new generation responds to this movie, especially if they probably haven't seen the original film, or if they have, and how this one will compare for them. Um, I find it interesting that they've relocated it to the United States, uh, and you know, in, instead of Britain. So I was kind of. I was a bit disappointed, um, you know, d- yeah. discovering that they're, they're American. I didn't feel like there was any, I don't know what purpose it serves the story to change, to change it up. Um, probably the, the, the only benefit of that is that you get some really wonderful American actors in the, in, in some of the roles that, as we've mentioned, Octavia Spencer and Hathaway uh, included, uh, absolutely phenomenal actors. So the cast is really strong in this movie. I think the trailer does a good job at selling the story. Um, I don't think it reveals too much. I think it reveals enough to get new audiences interested and to keep established audiences uh, feeling maybe a little nostalgic or or feeling happy. Mm. I do have a problem. The one problem I have with this trailer is that it does send an alarm bell for me in terms of the CGI. Um, I did not like the look of the CGI at all in this movie. I think it looked horrible. Like, and that's that's kind of alarming for me because clearly they're going to rely a lot on CGI and screens and so forth. And I just was not a fan of it at all. It looked incredibly cheap and poorly made. Um, and this surprises me because Robert Zemeckis is, is behind it. So mm. I feel like... Its visuals are going to hold it back because the the yeah the CGI just did not work for me whatsoever. It did not blend um, with the, with what was happening in the live action world. So yeah, so overall, I yeah, I'm not I'm not overly excited by this film because I feel like I'm already going to be disappointed because of the visual effects. Unfortunately, um, so I'll still check it out, mind you, when it comes to a streaming service, but. It's probably as far as I'll go. How about you, Mike? Uh, yeah, The Witches wasn't really part of my childhood either. Really, um, I I didn't I haven't read the book uh, or the other Roald. Um, as a kid, read some of the other Roald Dolls. I mean, my favourite ones are Twits. Oh, same. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So. And I actually forgot forgot they're actually remaking this one, and and I haven't seen the film either. Uh, I'm I'm just aware of it, and yeah, so I'm I'm not in the state of mind as like is this going to ruin my childhood? I'm <laughs> I'm just going to come into this fresh, but 
yeah, uh, when I was watching it for the, watching the trailer for the first time, and then Chris Rock came up, I was like, wait, did I accidentally click on everyone hates Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously not. Uh, yeah, it definitely got me that those vibes. But the biggest vibe that I'm trying to beat down is this definitely has some Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake vibes happening here, and I'm trying to get away from that because <laughs> obviously that one is, is is what it is. I mean, it's amazing. That yes. right? Yeah. I'm going to use the word properly. Awesome. <laughs> It, it, it was awesomely spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a watch this because you know I've got a, I got a little one and I've got to make sure I, I, I need to. It has to go past the dad test before she can watch it. Uh, anything that's scary, I mean. But bearing in mind, uh, <laughs> as a child, she did watch Ghostbusters, so who knows. Um, I don't know what else I can say of this. Um, may, I'm not going to put this on my list of things to read and watch because I, I think I can just go in fresh and it's like, oh, that's interesting. They're, they're a bunch of witches and they're going into a hotel. Yeah. What about you, Kendall? Do you like <laughs> witches? Are yeah, you, fella. Are you Are you part of the covenant? <laughs> <laughs> I do like witches quite a bit. Um, but as for these witches... If you're in the US, you'll be able to check them out on the 22nd of October uh, on HBO Max, uh, which means here in Australia it will be on Foxtel or maybe... Do they put movies on Binge? Is that a Yes, thing? they do. There you go. It might be on Binge here in Australia. So. But I'm not sure what new stuff. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. I would like to check it out. Um, okay. Speaking of witches... Our next trailer is for a sequel a long time in the making, uh, and it is for The Craft Legacy. Um, now, I'm I'm really not sure about, about this one. Um, I'm a huge fan of the original film. Uh, it's one of my favourite 90s movies. It's like one of my favorite films to do with witchcraft in general like it's just it's it's really really great great like it's not it's not an amazing film by any means the original but uh it's it's one of my favorites and um yeah so i have a lot of trepidations about this trailer and about this film i mean when they announced it i wasn't sure about it and now that i've seen the trailer i'm still not sure uh you know david Duchovny and michelle monaghan aside i'm not sure if I'm entirely convinced to watch this. Um, it looks it looks fine. It does kind of look like they've put some kind of I don't know teen more like more like not teen. I don't want, I don't know what the right word term is, but like um, like the original was a teen film, obviously because it's a it's you know about four girls who are in high school. Um, but it's that one seemed to kind of have. I don't know, a slightly more ad- adult vibe to it, I suppose. Like, whereas this new film, t- like, really just seems to have more of a, you know, contemporary teenage CW sheen on it. Like, it just, I don't know, it doesn't 
the mood, like the the moods of the two, just don't seem to connect for me. Um, I mean, I do appreciate that they're trying to, uh, you know, there's little glimpses of you know connections between the first film because this is a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. It's not a remake or any of that. Um, so I, I'm hoping to see some recurring characters from the first one maybe pop up, but I don't think we really will. Probably aside from. The, f- the fact that they showed a photo of Nancy uh, in it and references to her um, throughout this trailer. But um, I do like the fact that they're kind of spinning it, whereas, you know, in the first film, you know, yeah, the new the new girl is like, she's she comes to this new school, meets these girls, and she's the, you know, she's a very powerful witch. And they've done that again here, but they've kind of spun it differently to the point where she's so powerful she might need to be stopped and this is supposed to be our protagonist, but is she, you know, is she actually the villain of the piece? Like, I kind of like that they're maybe playing with those expectations a little bit. Um, so that has me curious. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to be very cautiously optimistic about seeing this when I eventually watch it. Fulia, what are your thoughts on the craft legacy? Well, I've never actually seen the original. I didn't even know there was a. Uh, a film before this, I thought this was its own standalone. Um, when I watched through it, um, look, not not a genre that I would generally <laughs> gravitate to. It looked somewhat interesting, but um, I don't know. Like it just when the tension started to rise, when things were starting to go wrong, I think that's where my interest sort of dissipated. I was just like, eh. Um, not my kind of thing. Uh, so I probably won't see this one. How about yourself, Wayne? Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Kendall. I I like the original movie. It's been quite a while since I've seen it, but I remember really enjoying it. Uh, but this this film did absolutely nothing for me. Like, there's, mm. no, there's nothing. And, yeah, it does feel a bit... I like how you said it feels a bit CW. It just feels very teen drama-ish and there's yeah. it's a bit of a, a glossy feeling to it um, but there, there, I don't know there was just nothing exciting about the trailer because look I can do teen drama, I can do gloss, it's fine if, oh, yeah. if that's what yeah. it is I'm happy to do it but like it was a very meh trailer like there's there's a, yeah. like, I, 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 it's hard for me to really articulate more than to say there was nothing. <laughs> like this trailer just gave you nothing. Yeah. Well, it even look. It kind of. You mentioned it. It kind of looks like a like a straight to DVD sequel. Like you know. Yeah. Like it reminds me how like you know the I forget what it was called now the yeah the the Blair Witch sequel Book of Shadows yeah. right yeah. how it was a diff you know a sequel but different and it just was supposed to be this epic thing and then it just was terrible yeah like just yeah 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 sorry go on no 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 I, like literally i think this trailer did so little for me there's really very little i can say say about it i i i don't even particularly know who the audience for this film will be because i don't think it'll appeal to fans of the original and yeah i don't know uh maybe the the the, the target audience of of um of of teens might might find some appeal to it they might be curious of it but I, I don't think this is a film that has broad appeal and i don't think it's got one that that will have legs to be honest um yeah, yeah this isn't a film that i'm particularly interested in watching at all if anything i might go back and watch the original just to appreciate a good witch story <laughs> yes 
Um, yeah, so no, I'm not particularly interested in this in this uh, sequel. Um, didn't need to didn't need to happen. I don't think. No. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, so many witches this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in October uh, now, yeah. so. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. It's uh, it's 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 the it's the year of the witch. Um, or the month of the witch. Um, yeah. It's a movie that I don't know that much. I know, I know. I, I think my sister watched it uh, way back when, and it was on TV when I was younger. And it was on. It's like, oh yeah, cool. And I just wandered off playing Lego. <laughs> you know, what was it '96? Uh, the last one. So yeah, I was like seven. Um. Yeah, um, I actually got a a Facebook uh, message like today from my from my wife, who tagged me in the trailer. Says so watching this, so I'm probably going to be watching it because it looks like we got one fan. It's my wife. I'm sorry, <laughs> you have our sympathies. And and. <laughs> And their taste in, in, in media is very, very different. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bound to be watching it with my wife sooner or later. I, I think I'm probably the only one that's going to be watching it. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'll I'll still watch it. I'm I'm such a fan of the original that I, I I'm curious enough to watch it, but I have I'm setting expectations low. Yeah. It'll be like the same time when we watched the Ghostbusters movie together and we were, we were close to be like the only ones in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we passed judgment. It's like, that was a movie, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so teen angst. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> maybe I should watch it uh, just to check it out, so so Zelda can watch it when she's when when we can watch it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one actually has an Australian release date. Um, not that many cinemas here are open, but I think some are in other parts of the country. So the release date for the Craft Legacy is the twenty eighth of October, just in time for Halloween. Very, very, very good. Okay, hopefully it's not a steaming pile of shit, but we'll see. And our third and final trailer for this week um, <laughs> was, you know, the surprise of 2020, at least, you know, in in the nerdy news world a couple of weeks ago. Um, Borat subsequent movie film. Or... Ugh. I have the full title, and it's a doozy. And if my Google Chrome hashtag not sponsored will load correctly, because I had everything loaded up, but now for some reason it's not. There it is. Okay. So the full title is actually Borat Subsequent Movie Film colon Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is I just think they just the gave best. away the ending, didn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I think the trailer gives away the ending. To be fair, 
um, which I didn't like. Um, but that was probably the only thing about this trailer that I didn't like because, I, I, look, I don't, I don't love cringe comedy and a lot of Borat's and a lot of basically Sasha Baron Cohen's humour in general is very cringe comedy, um, very secondhand embarrassment, all of that. And I'm usually, I'm really not a fan of that usually, but for some reason there's something about Borat that just tickles me the right way. Like I'm such a fan of the original film just just because I love the way he unashamedly pushes the boundaries in every possible way. Um, and it's just, and just, and also it's just, it's, it's really great because it just shines a light on, on, on the dickheads of the world. And <laughs> most, most, most importantly, <laughs> you know, in particular, the, the dickheads in the, the, the South of America. Um, yes terrible people some of them uh not all of them some of them anyway um but yeah it, it this is you know this is good this is Borat back to being Borat I uh, I like that we've got the spanner in the works of his uh daughter somehow being a thing I'm looking forward to seeing that explained um yeah um I liked a lot of the yeah a lot of the humor stuff was thrown in. Obviously, this was filmed during COVID, as was uh, mentioned when the film was announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, so there's some coronavirus jokes being thrown in, which I, I appreciate. Um, again, it's going to date the movie when you look back and watch it. Like, oh, remember 2020? I wish I couldn't. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amusing to say the least. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, I can't wait. It's gonna be hilarious and awkward as fuck. Fulia, I know you're not gonna watch this, and I'm sorry I had to make you watch this trailer. Uh, I couldn't what are even. Thoughts? I couldn't even finish the trailer. That's how bad and cringy it was for me. You didn't I finish felt like, the trailer? No, I felt minutes. like I exactly. It was too long. <laughs> I felt like I was being tortured with this humor. So <laughs> I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. I was not laughing in any way, not even a little giggle, nothing. I was rolling my eyes throughout the whole thing. I just couldn't stand this trailer so bad. It hurts. Ah, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> so tell us what you really feel. <laughs> yeah. That's that is how I really feel. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it absolutely. Just stupid trailer. It doesn't need to be out in the world. I'm sorry, Wayne. <laughs> it most certainly does need to be out in the world fully, <laughs> no. and I'm glad it, it is. It this is, is by the stupidest thing that I've ever even heard of. This is by far the best trailer of the week. Even though it does show <laughs> too much, I will forgive it. I will keep my distance and not see anything else about this movie because I cannot wait for its release. I think that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen did a wise thing <laughs> keeping his distance between Borat films because I know that he had said that he had retired the character because of how huge the first movie was and how recognisable mm. the character was. So I'm not sure in this case how much is going to be pre-staged and, and acted with participants consenting and acting, um, just as you could tell Bruno, um, which was the sort of movie he made after Borat, um, mm. which wasn't great. Like, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And you could tell that a lot of the reactions were not 
genuine. This seems to go back into the into the routine and into the to the to the rhythm of Borat, where things do feel quite genuine. And it probably does explain why Borat, the character himself, does go in disguise to several um, locations and interactions as well. um, I do like that that his daughter is is along for the ride because he does make um, jokes relating to family members in the first film, and now he's got somebody who is supporting these claims, and is quite happy to do so. Uh, I think that this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm absolutely all for it. The genius of Borat, which naysayers such as Fulia uh, do not <laughs> understand or appreciate is that they are incredibly clever satires and critiques of Western society and culture. Mm -hmm. Because Sacha Baron Cohen is extremely clever. We saw that demonstrated Mm -hmm. in his outstanding series, Who is America?, um, which was on Stan in Australia. I'm not sure if it's still available, but if it is, watch it, watch it, watch it. Um absolutely outstanding and you can see uh just what an incredibly smart man um Sacha Baron Cohen is and how he uses cringe comedy dark comedy to elicit these political discussions he did it with Borat and he will do it again this time around I absolutely can't wait and this trailer had me in hysterics (laughs) how about you Michael yes well we need this. We we so need this. We need a laugh. Yeah. We need a laugh at uh, at our current situations, and that's all we that's all we need. I mean, we can get be bogged down by what's been going on throughout the world, but you know, we just need something. And there's a there's been a couple of things that that have come out this year that we just we just need like we need to laugh or we need to escape. Even some of the bad stuff, like like um, like like most of the movies that have come out, they say, they just throw them in the ether. It's like you know you're you're gonna watch it. Like like um, oh what's what was that? What was that Power? Project that, that, Power. Project Power. I mean, that would be that would be a movie that fell beyond the wayside of like. That was a thing, and then people would forget it after after a week. Uh, but but this particular time, pe- people were, like latched onto it and like you know sort of enjoyed it, and also hate to enjoy it that that sort of thing. And I I think something like this that's more politically motivated, but also funny at the same time. I think I think we we basically need it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching this as soon as I can get my hands on it. You know, open a vein. We need it. Mm-hmm. Ah, so. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with y'all. You are all just weirdos to like. We, um, excuse me, Fulia. Aren't you the one who keeps getting excited over these stupid Happy Madison movies that have been released because this year? Because they're funny. Oh, shut up. Like, <laughs> honestly. Funny. Like, if you want, look, but. The Room is funnier than Borat, seriously. And even that's cringy. No, but it's cringy for different reasons. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would rather watch that again than to watch Borat. Okay, no way. it's a date. 
Fuela, what would you rather watch? Red Alert or Doctor Strange Love? I don't oh, out of the two? Of them. Oh, Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, obviously. yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're, cause they're both adaptations of the same book, but one of them is, is a comedy. So comedy rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look, I'm not denying that comedy isn't great. I love comedy. I live for comedy. You just have bad taste Borat in comedy. Watching this Borat, movie. Is, Borat is not comedy. So it is uh, silly. So in other words, we're all four of us are going to sit down and watch this to do a review. Oh no! Because Count me out. I am sorry. This I, I and I know I say this every time a movie comes up. But can we think about how many movies we've had to suffer through? (laughs) I am not suffering through this. This is something I will not talk about at all. (laughs) Because I'm not sitting down to watch it. You seem to have an opinion about it, Fulia. Well, we need to watch the first one first. Yeah. I didn't see that one either. Well, I'm planning on actually doing like a a Borat weekend when this comes out. So, um, Kendall... When's when's the Borat weekend happening? (laughs) Well... Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, we will be watching Borat's subsequent movie film. Not uh, me. On the <laughs> on the twenty third of October on Amazon Prime. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fulia not. Yeah. Fulia <laughs> not watching a movie. It's, it's like she's taken the monthly and like rammed it into this podcast. <laughs> Anyway, no comment. No uh, comment because I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> that was trailer bug for this week. Thanks for playing uh, the game. Ah, uh, that was fantastic. All right, trailer park done. Uh, which means now we've got a couple of quickie reviews to get through. Quickie review. Alrighty, so uh, a couple of awesome things were released into the world this week that we wanted to touch on, um, starting with uh, The Boys in the Band. Um, this is a very, very good film that I very much enjoyed. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my favourite thing... Um, I took away from it was just I loved the performances of the entire cast um just the quality of acting across the board was just sensational um especially from Jim Parsons who was just holy crap like was just in- insane like I mean he's good in e- everything he does really you know whether you you know you feel feelings on Sheldon aside whether or not you love him or loathe him but uh, you can't deny Jim Parsons is a talented man, and yeah, he brings it completely in this. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I just I loved I loved everything about just the way these men, you know, like all fit together. They all had such incredible chemistry uh, with each other. Like just. Like just whether it was you know romantic chemistry or platonic chemistry, just just as friends that have you know known each other for years, clearly like they were just yeah that it was just so natural and like I I felt like you know the really cool thing about the way this was filmed and and framed I think was just I, you feel like a fly on the wall in throughout this entire 
party that's going on. Like it just really reminds one of um, you know a lot of a lot of nights at, at parties where you think you're going there to have a good time, celebrate a birthday, have a few drinks, have a few laughs, whatever. But then you know drama happens and then things completely change and then it turns out to be this insane night that nobody expected or planned for like it just it just seems so real to me um in the way it was done and yeah I just I can't get enough of how great the cast were to be honest I was also a big fan of um Michael Benjamin Washington as Bernard and Robin de Jesus as Emery um I loved them they broke my heart both of them uh and made me laugh repeatedly especially um Emery <laughs> he was a laugh a laugh right and a half I really really enjoyed him um and I really liked Matt Bomer as well as as Donald like he's just he was a really nice kind of sensitive poignant character and um I kind of wanted to know a bit more about about him um than I you know than than the rest we didn't really touch on on Donald too much but I love the the you know the um the banter between uh him and uh Jim Parsons Michael was just uh excellent uh throughout and freaking Zachary Quinto as Harold was just just a a presence (laughs) like (laughs) just the way he waltzes into this party hires a kite in that suit with that hair and those glasses and he just everything he says is dramatic as hell and poetic and just yeah he's stoned (laughs) yeah well he was stoned exactly right exactly right um yeah but no and it 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 went to some interesting places that I I didn't think it was going to go and um yeah I love the I, just the the idea of you know thinking to yourself like c- could you actually make that call you know could you actually call that person that one person in your life that you know you did love or you still love um and maybe you never told them how you felt you know it's highly relatable we all you know wish we could be so brave and do that it's a very obviously very hard thing to do and I just you know it just felt s- sort of you know, it just really struck a chord with me the way that especially um, Bernard reacted immediately after he came up the phone. He was like questioning himself, doubting himself. Why did I do that? I've just brought up all of this past anxiety and stress back into my life now that I, and I've like, you know, it just it was just, I don't know, the, the plethora of emotions that this film exuded was just insane. And yeah, I, I really, really loved it. It was a yeah beautiful story about and, and a very tragic story at the same time, you know. Um, I'm so glad that they kept it set in the 60s because um, I still haven't uh, sourced the uh, original film, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to watch it now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad that they kept, they kept it in the 60s and didn't contemporize it. Um, cause, I mean, I feel like it has a lot more power, especially mm. uh, with, with Alan's character and his attitudes towards homosexuality in the in the film mm. in the story um even though you could easily obviously do it today but i just for some reason just the way you know queer culture was viewed back then is just it's almost it's very completely different to how it's viewed now you know it's obviously so much more accepted now um but yeah so I, that carries a certain power to it that uh, makes the film you know work really really well um yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Wayne, uh, I'm probably forgetting things that I want to <laughs> mention, 
but I think I've covered the my initial thoughts. If I had to rate it uh, out of five, I'd probably give it a four, I think, four out of five for me. What did you think? Yeah, uh, as you know, I discussed when we had first seen the trailer to this recently enough. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the original screen adaptation, which was released in 1970. That had the original off-Broadway cast reprising their roles, just as this film has the original, uh, I guess, Broadway revival uh, cast reprising Mm. their roles. Um, I think that when you do look at the two films together, it's a gorgeous comparison. The original film had six queer actors and three heterosexual um, actors portraying these nine, whereas now all nine men are um, a part of the LGBTQI community. Um, Back then, you know, it was probably career suicide to play a a queer Mm. role in a film where uh, it was probably one of the first, or was really, I guess, the first movie about openly gay men and queer culture as well. Um, The play itself was, you know, was, was produced, and this film is set a year before the gay liberation movement started. So it is incredibly poignant. And you're right, Kendall, it's it's better for staying in the 1960s. It's better staying in 1968 because, you know, I, I had concern about how a movie made now would translate when you have a group of um, self-loathing um, gay men uh, as the center, central characters in a movie. How does that translate now? But I think they've done a really good job about this because I think as well, especially for younger people, who um, have been brought up with more uh, acceptance and open arms, um, can't really appreciate the struggle. Uh, and even our generation, um, who who still may have had some struggles, can't appreciate the struggles of growing up when you have no one to turn to. There is no one in the public eye. There is no, There are no role models. Your stories are not told uh, to a mainstream. You just the community that you make for yourself. And it was so beautifully done as well. Unsurprisingly, the costume and set design is absolutely fantastic. Oh, oh so good. I want Michael's apartment. Oh my God. I right? want it so badly. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. I absolutely lo- loved it. Um, now one of the strong points about the boys in the band you can tell that it was based on a theatrical production and that's not a bad thing, but you can tell in the dialogue, it is so sharp. It bounces, especially in that first half, the first 45 Mm. minutes of this movie flies because they're introducing you to the nine characters and they're bouncing off one another. You're getting this dynamic and who likes each other, who can barely tolerate one another and the different scopes and spectrums as well. And then we settle into act two when Michael destroys the night by picking up a telephone Mm. and saying, let's play a game because he is reflecting his own ideas of his limited and little self-worth onto these boys who really are his family Mm. because that's who you have. When the world rejects you, you have your family. Um, and these guys clearly have spent a lot of time with each other. They talk about being, you know, on Fire Island and, and, and all of these other uh, places together. They've got dance routines that they just sort of fall into. So they really are like a family. And Michael laments towards the end about, you know, how he's treated everyone. But there's no question that these guys will all come back together again. 
Uh, Jim Parsons mm. is really, really good. I don't think he always hits the bullseye in this particular film, but he is mm-hmm. an incredible actor and I really enjoy watching him. Um, I, I just There's just something about him that makes him incredibly accessible. I don't know. He's just got this very accessible screen presence as well. Yeah. Um, Zachary Quinto as well is just, again, amazing. Just super cool um, is his role. He just embodies Harold so well, I think. I think he makes it his own. Um, I love Andrew Rannells and Tuck Watkins. And mm. as, as our feuding couple, uh, Larry and Hank... I love their part when they get to make the phone calls. That to me was the highlight of the whole phone call um, scene yeah. where they essentially, one leaves the messaging service outing him and the relationship um, that he has with Larry. And then Larry uh, calls the, the, the other extension in the apartment and screams at Hang to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. adore it. And um, because I don't really follow celebrities or anything like that, but it was actually quite lovely to learn that they are a couple in real life as well. Yeah, um, so th- I read that as well. Very yeah, nice. so that was that was quite sweet. I agree with you as well that, that Michael Benjamin Washington was just absolutely lovely as Bernard. And by memory, because it's been a while since I have seen the original film, I think he's actually just more fleshed out here. Uh, He's more of a presence in this movie, I feel. And that's probably just a reflection on Michael's performance because it is so strong and so sensitive. I love that moment Mm. when he's there on the train checking out the man in the suit and he gets caught by the woman sort of looking at him. He's hiding his erection under the presence. And I just love these little subtleties about him. Um... This movie does what you can't do on stage and it has sort of flashbacks as well when they're telling stories. Mm. And I'm in two minds about this. I think to some degree it's a shame because you're taking away from the actors who can just say so much in their face because these are talented men. Um, But there is still that visual enhancement and why wouldn't we do that? It's a visual medium. Uh, So, and telling that story again, Bernard's story as well with him and the guy in the pool, like it was just really beautifully and sensitively done. So I thought that that was incredibly uh, well, well made as well. Um, Charlie Carver is gorgeous as our cowboy (laughs) Tex. (laughs) Tex. My God, what a precious being! Yeah, <laughs> you just want to hug him. So you know we've got we've got a uh, you know we've got a, a himbo twink before they even existed yeah. in in queer culture, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> and for sure. but you know what? He has that really beautiful line where he says that when he's with a client, he uh, tries to put some emotion into it so he doesn't feel as much of a whore. And I love that because his character is not designed to. To, to be delved into deeply. He's there for comedy relief. He, like Alan, is the outsider, but is the more outsider because he has no connections, really, besides him being mm. booked by Emery. Um, but you get little in- hints like that shows that how, how well written this was by Mike Crawley. So just really, really well written. But, for, like, for me, um, Robin De Jesus was just... Yeah. Just... I just want to hug him. Like just absolutely yeah. beautiful as, em- as Emery. The, just the, again, in 1968, you have to appreciate that someone like Emery is incredibly brave. 
just incredibly brave to really own and be himself. We have those talks as well before Alan's coming over that Michael is saying things essentially like, you know, don't be extra. That's not the language they use because it didn't exist in 68, yeah. but essentially, essentially that. And I love that even though Emery at first is like, yep, sure, whatever. Um, and, you know, there's some mockery of, of heterosexuality and heteronormativity and masculinity and hypermasculinity. That as soon as Alan comes on, Emery's just at 100% because he doesn't know how to be anything else. And there's just something incredibly lovely about that. Um, just really beautiful. And even though Alan does punch him and, uh, and, and makes his nose bleed, he is one of the first to show him genuine empathy and sympathy towards the end of the movie as well because Alan is not having a good time. And there's that moment where he calls and he calls his wife. But let's be honest, this man is not heterosexual. And I love that you've got the spectrum of queer expression Mm. in this movie. These are not two-dimensional characters, even though you're right, like you said about Matt Bomer, who's absolutely beautiful, like just so sensitive. He seems to be this directionalist hunk, but he's incredibly intelligent. We can see the levels of books that he reads and that he's, He's on point. He's sitting back. He's observing. Um, It's a very beautiful performance and very fine-tuned. There's nuances to all of these guys. Um, I could go on and on and on about the boys in the band because, as I said, I'm such a fan of the story. I would love to see it performed on stage one day. I I hope it comes to Australia one day. Or if I can afford the rights, I'll put it on myself. (laughs) Yeah, one day. Who knows? Um, Yeah, so... I don't know. Does the movie still have relevance today? Does the story still have relevance today? Um, I think it does. I think that you've got this idea of youth and beauty. It's such a main theme in this film. We see that predominantly Mm. through Michael and through Harold as well. They have jabs about each other's appearance um, as well, but there's genuine love between them. It's quite gorgeous, but sad at the same time. They know their vulnerabilities and know how far to take it. We do have discussions about race as well um in this movie still very relevant especially in the queer community as well um so i i I think it is absolutely absolutely relevant i feel if i did have a criticism about it being made now that it probably gets a bit heavy-handed by spoon feeding and really explaining the themes because whilst michael does have that sort of breakdown um at the end again because it's made in 2020 just the line of, you know, if only we were kinder to each other, it just feels a bit heavy and forced for me when, sure. when, because we've had these messagings for 50 years, um, I didn't think it needed to be that explicit this time around. But overall, I am a big fan of this movie because I'm a big fan of the story. And as I said at the top, uh, a big, big fan of the original movie. And Kendall, it will be a date that you and I will watch the original Boys in the Band one day. Uh, when we're allowed to be yes. in the same room, we can sit and, and, and enjoy that one. And Good. that'll be an interesting discussion. But um, in terms of this version, I highly recommend it and give it four and a half. Mm. Nice. Mm. Awesome. Check it out. It's on Netflix right now, Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. And Mike... Um, you and I checked out um, the hilariously well-timed uh, South Park pandemic special. Um, oh my god! <laughs> this, this, uh, this, this, 
<laughs> broke me in all the right ways and some of the wrong ways um, <laughs> this week. My goodness. It was, yeah. Um, kind of what you said earlier, Mike, about Borat being something that we need. I feel like this was definitely something that that we need right now, especially just because of the way it tackled COVID just in general. I mean, it tackles so much more than just coronavirus um, because it's South Park and, you know, they, they don't stop at one thing. They, they, must, they must do everything. Um, but just, <laughs> like, the first time you see Cartman on screen, he's singing a song about social distancing. <laughs> and he's holding a stick that says six feet and, like, even in his own house around his mum, he's, like, yelling at her to stay six feet away. Like, it was just, I mean, yeah, it was great. And the masks and everything, the humour about that, um, calling them chin diapers made me lose it um, just because I'm so over, you know, seeing people in public not wearing their masks properly. I'm just like, how do you... Anyway, how have you lived until now? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, just uh, it, it, they hit all the right beats for me in terms of um, you know critiquing the the pandemic and uh, definitely America's uh, political response to the pandemic and a lot of other political issues going on in the states as well. Um, I love the way that they kind of weaved a lot of it all together very seamlessly. Um, and then just kind of, you know, aside from being really super fucked up in a lot of parts, there was some fucking Stan Marsh, man. Every time I tune into South Park, he's up to some more insane, weirder shit. And I, I had, they're, they're just pushing him all the way into this, like, taboo, like, Stan Marsh tackles the taboo stuff now in this show. I'm not Stan. Randy. Randy. It's Randy. Randy's the dad, right? I am getting yes, that right. Yeah. Yes. I meant, yeah, Randy. Randy is fucked. But Stan does ha- have, like, an emotional point to him as well. In well, this. I was... Yes, I was going to get to that in a second. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, w- that was, yeah, aside of all the, the humour, they managed to bring it back to um, a place of real, like, like emotional realness, I suppose, with Stan um, at, at the end and how he was, you know, you could tell that the whole time he was struggling with the lock, with lockdowns and not being, you know, everything being closed and life not being normal anymore. So he was, he was representing, you know, that part of, of all all of us basically that is, you know, has been struggling with not being able to live life as we usually would and how that affects you mentally. And, but, you know, he's projecting it all onto Butters and because Butters was really upset that he didn't get to go to Build-A-Bear for his birthday. And that was that was funny but sad <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, Build-A-Bear. <laughs> and so then Stan decides to, you know, make it his personal mission to make sure Butters uh, goes to Build-A-Bear and they escape the high school because they're on lockdown um, at the high school, high school, primary school, this school. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, and then Stan just really goes you know I'm, I I wasn't doing this for butters I'm doing this for me because I miss I miss the way things used to be and I wish we could just go back to that and all and it was just right in the feels like South Park yeah I was nearly tearing up I was like oh my god <laughs> Stan Marsh is just representing all of us in this um yeah but yeah so it, it was I I really liked it it was really really good Hil- hilariously funny I still can't get over the fact that Mr. Garrison is Donald is basically Donald Trump now in this show. 
that was fucking hilarious. And the the, hu- <laughs> the humor they did with the po- with the police in the in the how they tackled the 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 defunding of the police issue in the states and um made it fucking hysterical. It was just yeah, it was so good. I I absolutely loved it. I feel like yeah, if we could have more one hour South Park specials, the better off we'd be. I'd say it was yeah, I loved it. M- Mike, what did you what did you think of it? Well, yeah, you were bang on the money when I was about when I'm saying that. Um, the the cultural significance of something stupid can be such so important to our everyday life. Yeah, uh, no, and um, particularly this one because I wasn't sure because uh, essentially um, South Park has changed ever since the start the start of the show, and it's sort of morphed into sort of social commentary, uh, considering how how they how they make it now that it's more relevant now and they're, they're sort of writing it's interesting and uh they sort of write themselves in a hole each week where they need to need to explore stuff that's happened throughout throughout the week this like particular weeks but this is different this is basically summing up an entire year and how everything's gone to shit and how these characters have to deal with with what real life is and you go and you you see it with Cartman of course he's going to exploit uh um social distancing especially with his schoolwork where where he does like a a um he does the uh, Ferris Bueller so, sort of thing yeah. where where, where he's so still good. in his pajamas he's still in his pajamas he he's He's claiming that he has bad internet, so so, so all, all he do, all he can do is listen to the teacher on the Zoom call, and he just puts up a picture of himself like glitching out. And, <laughs> so and, funny. Yeah, yeah, it, and you, you can sort of see um, this is definitely a, a character-based sort of thing, and yeah, with um, Randy, Randy is sort of morphed into the show. Uh, and he, and even the and even Matt and Trey, especially especially Trey says Randy is his favorite character. Uh, <laughs> not to mention he actually does the voice for him, but and it's yeah. based on it. It is based on his dad, but <laughs> he is pretty much the uh, the focal point of South Park at the moment. Like um, it used to be like the boys and how they had to deal with like stupid adult stuff but they have to yeah. deal with it like as a kid uh but randy is sort of the stu- the the stupid person trying to deal with what what's been going on and he's the sole focus of this of this pandemic because he may or may not have started covid <laughs> yeah yeah something so, to do with a a, a pangolin pangolin <laughs> pangolin <laughs> yeah a a um a um what would you what would you say like a a, a Chinese? Um, it's like a marsupial of some kind. Sort of like an armadillo sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, first it was a bat, and then it was a then it was a, an armadillo, and and yeah, I'm not sure if we should spoil it or not, but it, it's definitely a bit of fun if you like if you like that sort of thing. Uh, I think you would like it, uh, Fulia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she shrugs. Um, <laughs> God. 
You heard how she reacted to Borat. Could you imagine? <laughs> nah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm not. I'm not that thingy about South Park. I've. I have seen episodes in the past, but I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, it's all good. And um, and with the kids side of it, like yeah, Cartman's doing his thing, but. And as and we're going through Stan's eyes, how he's sort of dealing it or not really dealing with it. He's he's supposed to keep a brave face on everything, and yeah, he's reflecting his sort of wor- worries and sort of mental state. And yeah, like you definitely feel feel for him, and it's it's very rare when you when you feel for a South Park character, <laughs> and and the social commentary with COVID. As well as uh, as well as uh, Black Lives Matter, with the defunding of the police, is definitely getting a mention, and and I'm not sure what your what your view view is, Kendall, but definitely at the end of this, it's sort of making the point that in order to get some sort of mo- uh, uh, normalcy uh, re- back to reality. We need to vote this bastard out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So say what you will about political stuff in, in South Park where they sort of, like, make aim at uh, at both sides of politics, but they essentially are saying, go, uh, go out and vote. Yeah. Uh, go out and vote. Get this bastard out. Let's... let's it's... <laughs> I mean, I mean their they, sort of track record that of... Especially with the 2016 election, they th- like everyone else. We thought it was going one way, but all of a sudden, it it happened the other way, and they they were building up to this crescendo of that season. I can't remember what season. I think it was like season 21, and and all of a sudden, Trump happened, and then they go, "Oh shit, what do we do now?" Well, we're gonna have to because they were right. They were writing the season to be a continuation of each episode yeah. of the season where where there used to be like a um uh, an anthology sort of series like you can drop into any sort of uh, episode and like an episodic yeah episodic se- season where you can drop into any episode and you don't need previous knowledge and they were trying something new and then after that season they decided no more of that <laughs> <laughs> if shit like that happens again um we we can suffer basic basically in storytelling, and I actually quite like that they actually decided to do a pandemic special, quote unquote, mm. only one episode this season because it would it would have been too difficult doing doing a South Park uh, season this year considering yeah it is animated but it it needs to be so quick like it takes six days to make an episode and they they wouldn't be able to do it so they sort of put their eggs in one basket and I think basket, not bastard <laughs> uh, um, yeah I, I definitely recommend it for people who who need need a good laugh, I mean yeah. I mean, overly fucked up yes yeah. Uh, uh, emotionally draining possibly Uh <sighs> Yeah, I give it like a five out of five. It's something that something that I need. <laughs> well, yeah. I particularly need. Yeah. What about you, Kendall? 
Yeah, I didn't rate it actually. I think I get. I think I give it a four and a half out of five. Oh, there you me. go. Yes, yes. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, all right, those were our not so quick quickie reviews, as is usual with us. We love our movies, and because we love our movies so much, we're now going to get into the moment, the segment, the time, the part of the show you've all been waiting for. Popcorn culture! Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's popcorn culture time. So, uh, yes, we do love our movies on this show. And for popcorn culture this week, we are going to be reviewing uh, another Netflix film called Enola Holmes. Uh, which we talked about in Trailer Park a little while ago, and it's finally here, so we finally watched it. Um, now let's, I guess, dive in as we do. Um, yes, so I uh, I enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really liked Millie Bobby Brown as Enola. I think she's incredible um i mean this is the first time i've seen her in something other than stranger things for which she's most known of course um but she's just got such a great screen presence um like she you cannot take your eyes off her when she's on screen like she's very captivating um draws you in completely and i just loved the kind of flair she brought to this character and um she was just having a lot of fun with her and especially playing a, a young a young woman at you know turn of the century England um, you know it's not a great time to be a lady uh, as the movie goes out of its way to remind you of um, but you know uh, she is a, a feminist powerhouse and I, I'm all about that um, yeah so that was that was really really good Um Let's see. My other my other thing about this film that I really really liked was uh, uh, the, <laughs> the two Holmes brothers, <laughs> Sherlock Sherlock and Mycroft, um, played by Henry Cavill and Sam Claflin. Um, I particularly loved Sam Claflin's take on Mycroft, um, but he did he did kind of maybe push it into the uh, villainous realm in one particular scene where he 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 screamed at Enola in the carriage and she just yeah. burst into tears. Like, that was... All right, mate, we know you're a douchebag. Back it off. Just, yep. That was that was a little too much for me. Um, but, but Sam Claflin is an incredible actor and I've seen him in a lot of stuff and I'm, again and again, each time very impressed with what he brings to his roles. Um, but I just really loved the way he carried Mycroft, apart from that one scene. Uh, obviously, which was very effective because it, you know, all of us kind of just reacted. Um, but yeah, he just, I don't know, he just had that, captured that really, you know, s- sniveling kind of hoity toity, uh, you know, presence that Mycroft uh, is known for having. Um, as for Henry Cavill, Sherlock Holmes, well, I mean, I love Henry Cavill, big fan of his, um, also very talented man. I just, as much as I love him though, I'm just not entirely sold on Sherlock being such a beefcake like he's just too <laughs> I mean appearance doesn't matter but uh, I don't know I was so distracted by how big he is like he's gorgeous and he carves of an impressive 
you know, presence as Sherlock Holmes. But for some reason, I was just like, I don't, I don't know. It was, I'm like, I'm looking at him, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm like, you, that's your Superman bod. That's your Witcher bod. Why? I don't, I don't ever, I've never pictured Sherlock Holmes as being this big buff kind of guy. Um, but, you know, that aside, um, I thought he was wonderful. Um, and, you know, the uh, Doyle estate be damned because I like a, a an emotive and um, empathetic Sherlock Holmes. Um, I thought that was really nice that he actually, you know, war- warmed up to Enola and, you know, w- was kind of the rock that she needed, you know, toward, like, not not entirely throughout the film, but toward, especially, you know, getting through towards the end. Um, and I think the reason they probably did that is because, you know, you have Mycroft, who is this complete dickwad, just really, you know, as I just mentioned before, just being really harsh with Enola. So I feel like you that they had to make Sherlock this kind of uh, emotional, empathetic character, because otherwise it just wouldn't have... I, yeah, it just, I don't know, I, I don't think the balance, there wouldn't have been any kind of balance there, and it just would have really, I don't know. I think I think uh, Anola really needed some, like, one of her brothers at least to be there for her, and I'm, yeah, I'm really glad it was Sherlock. Um, Helen and Bonham Carter was fantastic as as Mother Holmes as well. Um, just, I, she, I mean, she's, you know, playing playing a character she you know plays quite often you know quir- quirky quirky lady but she's you know she's beautiful at it and she's lovely and a welcome presence every time she pops up in a film um and i love the the bond that she shared with anola like the way that the two actresses portrayed that on screen was was very lovely um yeah um yeah no it was it was a beautiful film shot really well uh, I love the cinematography and the the use of uh, at, like the little animation and stuff um, going on and the changes between the you know the certain shots, the quick cuts and all of that. And I and I'm always always here for a good fourth wall break. I really like when the main character you know talks to you like a la Ferris Bueller. Um, I lo- I really really enjoy when when films make that decision. And I really liked the moments when. Um, when Millie Bobby Brown turned to camera because a lot of them were kind of your cliched, like, here I am exposition dumping on you. But then there were other moments where she would just look at the camera and, like, not even say anything, um, but, like, just completely emote with her face. And that was kind of nice. And then when she turned, like, she turns and says, do you have any ideas? <laughs> like, I thought, I thought that was kind of nice, a little bit of a change. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, it was a very charming film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't love, love, love it, but um, it's definitely one that I I wouldn't sneeze at and probably watch again one day, especially because I, f- I feel like this is going to be getting a sequel. I mean, it's based on a series of books that were published uh, in the 2000s, so I imagine Netflix is hoping this does well for them and then they'll build a franchise around it. Um, but yeah, I am yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the future brings for Anola Holmes. Um, Fulia, what did you think of this? I agree with you. It is definitely a charming film. I did enjoy it as well, um, and I really enjoyed the fourth wall breaks. They were quite fun uh, to watch, and especially the moments where she was just looking at the camera mm-hmm. <laughs> silently, yeah. and rolling her eyes sometimes. Um, 
I have to say, though, uh, Sherlock Holmes being the the more emotional character sort of threw me off a bit because from previous shows that I've watched of Sherlock, um, like um, the... Um, Oh, what are their names? I've just forgotten their names. <laughs> uh, uh, Benadryl Kumquat. Yep, him. Yep. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock um, was very... There was not as much emotion. It was very serious. It was always to the point type of speech from him. Um, it was similar with um, in Elementary where Sherlock in that show was pretty much the same, even though it was a modern day version of Sherlock. It just, in Enola Holmes, Sherlock being more of the emotional person than not so, um, he doesn't have too much to say type of person just threw me off a little bit. But I did like the character. It was a, it was a different sort of take on it, I suppose. Uh, man, Mycroft was a dick. <laughs> I just wanted to just be like, shut up, or I'm gonna punch you out. <laughs> and he was, oh, I was just like, I know it was the time of, it was the era of, of it where women were being repressed and just being like, you do the woman role, we'll do the men role type of thing. And just watching it was just really. I don't know. It just gave me this tense feeling of you can't say that. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that now, but back then, obviously it was different. Um, I, I just, yeah, it, like it had this tense feeling for me when, when those moments came up, especially with Mycroft. Um, the role of uh, Millie Bobby Brown as Enola Holmes. She was definitely probably the best pick for this role. She was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed her in the role. Uh, I'd like to see more of her. I myself haven't seen Stranger Things. Um, so for me, I can't really compare to, to that. However, from what I've seen here, she's definitely a talented young lady. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward, uh, to seeing more of her. Um, Helena Bonham Carter, my goodness, like what a woman. So awesome. I love her. Um, and it, I know in this particular film, you don't see her too much, but you see enough of her in the flashbacks that it, it makes you feel like she's there f throughout the whole film. Um, and I really enjoyed those mini sort of flashbacks that happened, especially when Enola was trying to figure out her little, uh, what is it called? Anagrams? Um, ciphers, ciphers. Sorry, ciphers. Uh, try in and deciphering the codes that her mother would would give her, and or what she thought her mother was giving her, and um, it was really interesting. And by the end of it, um, you know, Sherlock figuring out what was actually going on with the case, but then Lestrade being like, "Then how come your sister was the one who figured it out first? That was great. <laughs> the moment he walked that. into the hall and just sort of like went, ha, I was like, he's proud of her. He is very proud of her. Yeah. <laughs> that moment for me just summed it up for me. It was really good. Um, 
I also have to say, Burn Garman, my my goodness, he could be a menacing villain. <laughs> yeah, he's every time he pops up in a movie, he's either playing the the weird sidekick guy or the intimidating, you know, muscle. Yeah, I know and, him more yeah. from Torchwood, and he yeah, was he was an yeah. interesting character in Torchwood. Um, so seeing him in this. And when I saw his face, I'm like, I know that face. Where is he from? And then I realized he was Torchwood. Um, but yeah, he's just got this, he's got this face this for a villain. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort Sniveling of, little bastard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and I really, and I really liked it. And man, that last fight scene. Oh God. <laughs> That was that was emotional, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like it was a, emotional. A it was intense. Roller coaster. Yeah. And the ending of that particular fight scene made me kind of my heart leapt out of my chest. I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I definitely enjoyed Enola Holmes. Um, it probably not loved it, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to if they do put forward. A sequel, so I'll give this a four out of five. Wayne, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I absolutely adore uh, Millie Bobby Brown. I think that she has this gorgeous energy um, that she brings to the role, and I think you're just absolutely engaging with her from the get go and all the way through. Because you're right, it's so exposition heavy, but it's delivered in a really accessible and non cringy or heavy handed way. So I thought that that was handled really well. I loved all the fourth wall breaking. I thought that that was quite fun. <laughs> uh, I laughed so much when, um, you know, she asks us, the audience, for suggestions <laughs> on, on how to escape the boarding school. Um, I thought that that was great. I, I loved her little uh, action sequence on the train there um, where where, uh, where she meets her love interest and the young man who will be her love interest played absolutely wonderful. Uh, wonderfully by by Louis Partridge. I you know have not heard of this actor, mm. but I was just captivated by him. And then when they were together, I the chemistry was just so lovely. Yeah. Um, and also one thing that I think the film does really well when you've got a romantic uh, connection with the lead and 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 you know her damsel in distress in this case a, a man, which was lovely to see. Um, is that big, you know when you've got a female lead and there's a love element they sometimes tend to overplay it uh, because she's female but they don't in this circumstance it bubbles away very gently she has her feelings her feelings are what they are and everything's done out of a genuine care and it almost feels like that they really are friends before something a little bit more and i think that that's absolutely gorgeous i thought again their chemistry was so wonderful but yet they're still their own separate people. They're, they have their own agendas. They have, you know, their own their own lives to lead in their own worlds by the end of the film. But, you know, they will they, they, they will reunite at one stage. Her relationship with her older brothers is really well handled. Um, 
you're right. Um, Mycroft is quite extreme uh, in terms of the of the mean our eldest brother, and Sherlock is quite warm and nice. And I know, yeah, there's been some criticism about him being a bit warm and fuzzy because Sherlock is not like that. Not how we've seen him, and he's not like that in the early books as well. He's quite. Uh, you know, matter of fact and cold because it's sort of eye on the prize. But we're meeting Sherlock at a different stage in his life in this movie. He is established. He has the reputation that he has. He is famous. Everything he does is just sort of second nature. He's a bit more blasé about it now as well. But also we're seeing him for the first time, at least for the first time for me, with family. And that is a different side. Because you can be one way when you're sort of on the job in the public persona. But I think it's actually quite nice to see Sherlock with his guard down. It was an interesting take. I I really liked it. I mean, I'm a big fan of um, of Henry Cavill. So, you know, my, my bias is there. And, and it's true. It is difficult to not look at that gorgeous square jaw that he has. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Because, again, he has this, uh, <laughs> this accessibility here and just oozes class, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, but no, I was fine with with his portrayal of, of of Sherlock because again, he's in he's in a different circumstance. He was in a different time of his life. He's with his family, his brother, who he obviously loves very much, and he has this duty of care for his sister. There is a huge age gap between them, so you're always going to behave differently when there is that big age gap because you're going to be more parental, more maternal, uh, you know, that way. Because that's just the instinct. And Mycroft might, you know, come across as being quite a bit of a dick, which we can all agree on there. But one could still argue his intentions are right. I think he still loves Alona. Enola, sorry. Um, yeah, he still loves Enola. Um, but just he's reflectant of the society and the culture of the time. I love that scene in the carriage where uh, he absolutely has a go of her and reduces her to tears and, and takes all her money from her. Um, I love that because it shows that no matter how um, extraordinary she is, she is still um, confined by the culture and society and the time that she is in. And I like mm. the flashes to how she became so smart, so clever, so athletic, so forward thinking, so progressive in, in all of her elements there because of her upbringing and the solo education from her mother, who's been a, a positive role model. There's so many things to like about this movie. I like the quirks of it and I really like, I like the pacing of it as well. I think pretty much for all of it, it's really well paced. I was quite engaged all the way through and, and was thoroughly entertained. And I really look forward uh, to the sequel. I hope there's a sequel. I hope she has adventures by herself. And I hope that eventually she teams up with Sherlock to solve an ultimate case as well. So yeah, I was, I know I, I, I actually was, was quite uh, entertained by this one. Um, so if I'm, if I'm giving this a score, it's four out of five from me. How about you, Michael? Yes, um, uh, cards on the table. I am not the demographic for this movie, um, <laughs> um, but it is definitely something that I would consider showing it to to Zelda, basically my daughter. Uh, definitely has a lot of good themes in it, like ne- need to be your own person and don't don't be ju- don't be judged by society because you can make your own you can make your own judgment in your own life and um having said that i went into this film 
possibly the wrong way because I was trying to pinpoint where this would fit into the canon, even though it's not actually part of the canon. Uh, she, um, uh, there is like rumors that there is a third sibling of of the Holmes, uh, and this is this is made up for this. And yeah, this is def- this is a a, a non-canon sto- story, uh, collection of stories uh, done uh, not too not too long ago, like uh, a decade ago. So, so I sort of ruined it for myself trying trying to pinpoint where where Sherlock is in 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 his timeline. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was before everything, like before Watson, but they were mentioning that he uh, he he uh, Sherlock's well known like people know the particular stories and and th- and this is at a time where there was no such thing as a detective it was just <laughs> he was just doing it doing it as a hobby basically a uh, forensic investigation it was like a made up thing um yeah with the with the um criticism of this is not the real sherlock he's too emotional um i can get I can get past that because obviously this is not the Sherlock. This is this isn't your daddy Sherlock, uh, and I doubt it that they're going to do his opium addiction <laughs> in these collection of movies. And I don't really think Minecraft is going to be a fucking fat ass at the end of this either, because he actually is an overweight bastard who's a bureaucrat and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't move basically. He just sits there, eats, and just spouts out. Um, uh, just knowledge and that's it um yeah so it definitely is a uh, an interesting it, it definitely is a good take of the sherlock mythos and having it being brought to a new audience especially for a, a younger female audience this is definitely aimed for the the prebiscent uh, age range and i can appreciate that and this is definitely, definitely, definitely a good like um, a detective story because I was still questioning everything. It's like, oh, uh, I was still trying to get to the end before the ending <laughs> happened, and I, I was still questioning by the end. By the end, it, it was definitely, definitely an interesting thing, and also the themes of of England going through going through what it is to be British. I mean, you can definitely see that nowadays especially going through politics and now and how how the old guard is trying to cling on to what what they had and they're definitely changing before their eyes it's it 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 needs to be done by the new generation especially especially with uh um uh enola's uh um upbringing from her mother who's basically a suffragette before the suffragettes uh, and that little, and that little thing was definitely interesting. It's like I can't, re- I can't remember. I was trying to go through my history. It's like, did the suffragettes use bombs? And I looked into it. Yeah, they used bombs. Um, uh, I think there was a quote, quote that says, "How, how, how come if a man uses a bomb, he's in in war, is he's considered a hero, and if a woman uses a bomb, it's absolute." It's heresy and heretic. I'm butchering the the quote, but it's but it's there. So so yeah. Um, uh, all in all, I for me, I would give it a three out of five. But uh, if I, <laughs> I, I'm guessing if 
if it was my daughter, she would probably get give a, a four out of five. Can see, you know, if I if I know her, and uh, I think <laughs> I do. Uh, and this <laughs> and this would be definitely good for her to to be introduced to like the Sherlock Holmes mythos, uh, and then she can go on to to watch the other ones uh, as well, uh, all the good ones and all the bad ones, and uh, we won't speak its name, Wayne, uh, of the particular particular adaptation that you you particularly uh, have uh, qualms. Thank about. you, Michael. Appreciated. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> They can't. They can't. They can't be all solid. solid no, they models. can't. <laughs> yeah. So, what? Else? I think that's it that I can probably say about this. Um, I will be interested in a sequel. Uh, considering this is uh, based on a series of books, I think I think it would be a very interesting, um, uh, series of of movies if uh, this is uh, definitely popular enough. And I, I think it yeah. is. Um. And uh, well, Billy Bobby Brown can't do um, strange things all her life, I, and I think she's actually having a bit more fun in this because she is using her original accent in this, and mm. and even more emotions than Eleven. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, I think, and and yeah, and and her and uh, the relationship between the the Holmes kids. It's definitely definitely a good family story as well. Um, yeah. What about you, Kendall? What What do you think about this uh, this movie? Well, I I I didn't rate it, so. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> I oh, forgot to what, rate. What was it. your rating, Kendall? My rating: uh, three and a half stars out of five. For me. There. Yeah. Yeah. It was worth the wait, Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure everyone was waiting on tender hooks. <laughs> yeah. For my score. I was. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So All we right. got a f- that four. wraps up popcorn culture for this week. Those Fourteen out of twenty. Song. What? Fourteen out of twenty. Fifteen it, it, out of twenty. Is the is the Fred count? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you added all the scores up. Yeah. Very nice. In my head, I'm like Sherlock. I'm in my <laughs> I'm in my mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deducing things and whatnot. Yes. Very good. The game, right. is, the game is afoot. The game is afoot. And they said it. At least they didn't say elementary, my dear. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be in the sequel, maybe. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And the BS, yeah. and the D- BS stalker. <laughs> dear stalker. Dear stalker. I think there's a Freudian slip or a yes, Foster <laughs> slip. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, all right. That's popcorn culture for this week. An old Holmes is on Netflix right now. Check it out if you feel so inclined. Hashtag not sponsored, but we'd love to be. Um, yes. All right. I would love What's to up? work for them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Give me work. Yeah. Just. <laughs> yes, we are. We are creative people that come up with very creative things. So original content. Yay! Yay. Hire, hire us. Because we are the original content uh, podcast. Yes. <laughs> Talk about other content. <laughs> <That's>, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we give we give our own hot takes on the the uh, every what everyone else is doing. Um, so, but as for what we're doing, let's check in with Fred and see what's was up. Um, first off, to mention um, new episode of the monthly yep. went up this week. 
which is exciting. Yes. Um, it is up, ready for your ears. Yes. <laughs> Please go check it out now. Uh, Fulia's amazing idea of having the two of us recommend films that neither of us have seen to the other person to see if we can convince Shut up, Michael. The other. <laughs> was it your idea, was it? It was, it was Fulia's <laughs> idea, yeah. Okay. Credit where credit's due. So, so uh, look, I, I, I was telling everyone... Off air that uh, that I've only heard the intro to the opening of, of the monthly and uh, not the 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 main body of it, but I'm sort of sensing where the podcast episode will go. Yeah, thanks um, a lot for that, Mike. So I uh, I didn't say a thing. I do look forward to listening to it. I will listen to it and um, and look so far. Look, but it's it's an engaging podcast episode so far. Um, I really enjoyed hearing what your beautiful mum was doing the previous month, Fulia. Thank you for the update. Look <laughs> <laughs> forward to the next episode, finding out what she's been up to this month. Um, I thought that was a cute inclusion. <laughs> it was. It was worth mentioning. It absolutely was. <laughs> yes. Yes. So please go check it out <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. That, and then, you know, if you haven't seen my WandaVision reaction video yet that's still kicking around past 100 views now yeah yay it's, it's exciting um yeah that's about all from me fulia what else is foolish fuji been up to or about to be up to uh so just continuing on with streams on the tuesday thursday and saturdays um Continuing on with everything that I have been playing, uh, and I might try something <laughs> different in the 3D All Stars realm. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, what else am I up to? Um, well, there is one thing that I'm doing um, that is not related to my own content but is related to a streamer's content that I have been uh, watching and they do, um, they do podcasts as well. And the podcast is called We The Gamer Cast. And I asked if I could be on it because apparently he loves it when people asks uh, <laughs> to join in. Um, so I'll be recording a podcast with him um, this coming week. Ooh, exciting! Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be talking all things gaming and uh, just, you know, life and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting. His name is Sean Capri. And the way he describes his name is Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, he's a Twitch streamer. He's a podcaster who absolutely loves the xbox by the sounds of things because he does another um podcast um that's called the xbox drive um and he's from canada <laughs> Ooh, yeah. lovely accent from- hey Can- <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. He's from Canada. <laughs> Canada. Canada. Yes. So I will oh, be cool. having a chat with him. I'm not sure when the podcast will actually be released, uh, but I will definitely chuck in a link uh, in the Fred group for you guys to listen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's cool. Apart from that, like I think it's just the the usual, really. Just continuing on with my mash marathon and. Um, Extending my Bond marathon from hey. three to one a week. <laughs> <laughs> How 
How about yourself, Wayne? What's going on in the Fred Shed? Yeah, for me, it's all about Fred Watch. So coming up this week, Philip and I will be reviewing the 2020 film Doolittle. Uh, so that's yeah. our next review there. And so that'll be an interesting comparison because about 11 episodes ago, we reviewed the um, the Rex Harrison version of that called Dr. Doolittle, which... Uh, yeah, we had mixed feelings about, so it'll be interesting to, to review Doolittle and to compare it to the original screen adaptation, but it's been a good discussion, um, because Philip has such a love for the world and has a connection to the Doolittle character from his childhood. Me, not so much, but, uh, we'll see if the film will, (laughs) will, uh, will sway us, will sway us. And we reviewed the Doolittle trailer actually when it came out on Fred Watch and, um, yeah, so it's nice to have a bit of a throwback to that to see how we feel about it now. So yeah, so that's being released on Thursday. And um, just in the past week, we have recorded another episode of Fred Watch. So that will be coming out soon. And watch this space for our Halloween episode at the end of the month, which I'm really excited Mm. about. Yeah. Because it's such a great episode, um, if I do say so myself. Um, But it's all about (laughs) my co-host for that one, I have to say. (laughs) More than anything. Um, So, yeah. So so that's been me in the Fred Shed. How about you, Michael? Well, yeah, basically the same. Going to work, coming back, watching stuff. Uh, watch some Cobra Kai. Get that over and done with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, do it. Um, yeah. Um, maybe doing something for Fred soon. Ooh, exciting. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I've been to- talking to a particular contact and <laughs> maybe doing some stuff. Voice. Mm. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always going to give us. <laughs> Taxidermy. Don't. don't. <laughs> what about yeah, you, for half, se- for half a second there, I thought you were doing a Cartman and, <laughs> and glitching. <laughs> He's frozen. We've lost him. Um, that's exciting. All right. I can't wait to find out what that is. Yeah. Um, yes. Very, very cool. Okay. All right. I think that brings this episode to a close. Are we ready? One, two, three. That was a Michael's dying. <laughs> Look, I'm just glad we're not in the same room. Not a lie. Quick, Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for future podcasts from Fred the Alien. Follow us on our SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. For Fred the Alien merchandise, go to our website, fredthealienproductions.com, and follow the link to our Redbubble where you can get. Apparel, home decor, bag stationery with our unique Fred the Alien designs by our talented team because we are the Talented Podcast. Unibums, incompetent gamers, our live stay shows and more. That was the Fred plug. Mm-hmm. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Fuga Cantaramaggio. And I've been a Michael Lister podcast. <laughs> and you've just experienced... A podcast, a podcast called, called Fred.
Thank you for listening. Thank you. Everyone. Remember to eat Thank your beef, you. people. Get it in yes. you. Yes. Stay safe. Stay at yes. home. Wear your masks. Get, Don't get forget your chin diapers. <laughs> yes. Get the hot beef injection. <laughs> Indeed. 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 Don't you forget about me. Uh, what? <laughs> and. <laughs> See. Scene. Scene.